Romans 7. How many of you guys love the word of God? Come on, somebody. Romans 7, 15 through 20. Listen, I'm going to give you guys all I got, okay? 5 p.m. is like, it's, you just get it all. The fire, everything. Everything's going to happen. So Romans 7, 15 through 20 says this. For I do not understand what I am doing because I do not practice what I want to do. But I do what I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that it is good. So now I am no longer the one doing it, but it is sin living in me. Verse 18. For I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my flesh. For the desire to do what is good is with me, but there is no ability to do it. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but I practice the evil that I do not want to do. Now, if I do what I do not want, I am no longer the one that does it, but it is sin that lives in me. So today, as we continue on in our series seven, I want to speak to you on the subject, gone mad. Gone mad as we deal with what wrath is in our lives. Will you just pray with me just one more time? Jesus, we, we invite you into this place right now. Father, we thank you, Lord, for every single person that is in this room. I thank you that you can speak to every single person that's in this room right now. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do in this room. Father, I get rid of any anxiety, any fear that would hinder me from preaching your word. And I thank you, Lord, that not one life in this room leaves the same way that they came in, but wisdom and revelation and knowledge will take place in their minds and their hearts tonight. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everyone said? Amen. Come on, five p.m. Everyone said? Amen. All right, y'all, y'all got coffee now. Y'all got to get a little bit more hype than that. Let's, let's get it. Um, so we've been, uh, obviously, in, in, in this series, and today we're going to be really talking about um, wrath. We're not going to be talking necessarily as much on anger. Anger is, is, is a part of wrath, but we're going to really be talking and digging deep on what wrath is. So I want to just kind of give us some definitions that kind of root this um, message together. So we're going to first deal with what anger is. So anger is a reactive feeling that says something wrong that needs to be set right. So anger is, is essentially this, this outburst of something wrong that needs to be set right. Wrath, on the other hand, is this. It's the excessive, misdirected, vengeful expression of our own bruised ego. It's the excessive, misdirected, vengeful expression of our own bruised ego. So let me preface it this way. We're going to get right in. Are you guys okay? Everybody good? Listen, I want to preface it with this. Everything that we say up here, I, we never preach from a place of perfection. Literally, while I, while I was preparing this message, I almost didn't want to preach it because I'm like, man, I'm dealing with everything that I'm about to talk about. So just know I'm sitting right there with you. I'm, I'm fighting this thing with you um, together. But let me preface it this way. God is not into all of our personal vendettas. God is not into all of our personal vendettas. I think that we have to ask ourselves these questions. While I'm preaching this message today, I want, I want you to ask yourself these questions as I'm speaking to you tonight. Is what we're angry, is what we're angry about worth fighting for? Think about the things that you're angry about. Is it worth fighting for? Is it worth caring about? Is it our responsibility to remedy? These are questions I had to ask myself as I was dealing with this message. Is it my responsibility to remedy this anger, this wrath towards someone else? And ask yourself this question, is it within your control? And most importantly, would God agree with your answers? So as I'm preaching this message, I want you to think about those things. I want you to really evaluate yourself and say, man, would God agree with this anger in this moment. You see, I think a lot of us in this room are carrying anger and wrath that has nothing to do with us anymore. It has nothing to do with us anymore. So let's kind of dig into what wrath is. You see, wrath takes on responsibility for something 
that we should never carry. I could go on to say this, that, that wrath will stop us from receiving all that God has for us. So let's take a look into the word. Everybody shout with me, number one. This is my first point. Wrath attempts to justify our ability to approve our hurt. Wrath attempts to justify our ability to approve our hurt. James 1, 19, 21, it says this. My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to what? Anger. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Let me say that again. For human effort, anger, does not accomplish God's righteousness. So let me put it this way. A few, a few months ago, I actually shared my story and, and part of my journey that I've been walking with God for quite some time. And I'm not going to go into details today because it's, the message doesn't bear the details. But I, I shared about how I um, was molested as a child. And I shared that months ago. But for the sake of illustration today, I'm not going to go into details. But imagine me carrying something. So this is, for human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. And for me, I had to deal with a lot of frustration when it came to that specific thing in my life. I had to walk through a journey of everything that I was facing. And so I chose to walk through. As I was preparing for this message, this thing came up to my mind. It was like, it was like God was showing me that if, when you hold on to anger, it is literally a, a stumbling block to get to where he wants you to go. So imagine that righteousness is way over here, which that's the journey that I'm on. We should all be on the journey of righteousness. We should all be pursuing Jesus with everything that we are. But imagine me at 12 years old dealing with this frustration and dealing with this, and now I'm 30. Imagine me still carrying the weight of what happened to me as a child. Imagine me still carrying this thing. And so I imagine this scripture, for human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. And though I was angry, at some point, I had to let go of that frustration. I had to let go of that anger. I had to let go of that wrath. Because when you hold on to it, it's literally like a stumbling block to get to the next thing. So what does that tell me? So when I'm hanging on to something, I cannot get God's righteousness. When I'm hanging on to anger and wrath and bitterness and all these things, I can't go here. So imagine me trying to reach everything that God has for me. Literally, if I was holding on to something like that, I would not be standing in this position today. If I was still carrying this weight back here, I would not be able to do the things that I'm doing today. And so human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Look what it says later on. Therefore, reading yourselves of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent, humbly receive the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. So what is Paul saying here? He's saying that the longer we carry something, the more it stops us from receiving God's perfect will. The longer we hold on to something, the longer we hold on to this wrath, the longer we hold on to this bitterness, it stops us from everything that God has for us in the future. You see, wrath takes everything personally. And a lot of us think that wrath is just this outward expression, this outward emotion where I'm hitting things, I'm hitting the wall, I'm, I'm kicking, I'm screaming. Let me tell you what, what, what wrath is. Wrath is inwardly. This is what wrath is in, inwardly. It's an obsessive worrying. It's nail-biting, it's, it's depression, it's talking down to yourself. Some of us deal with it in this way, it's isolating ourselves. Never allowing people to get close to us. That's part of wrath. Because we're carrying on something that, that we should no longer carry. So wrath takes everything personally, it mutates an appropriate passion for justice into an inappropriate passion for self-aggrandizement. 
That's what wrath is. Meaning if we have been hurt by something in our past, then anything that even begins to look and sound like what happened to us, we will always bring up our hurt. Wrath attempts to justify our ability to approve our hurt. It tries to justify within ourselves, man, I was hurt, I was hurt, I was hurt. And, and then it ends up being this bigger, bigger deal, bigger thing than what, what it even should be because we're trying to justify it within ourselves. We make up this story and we can't receive everything that God has for us because we're too busy over here making up this story saying, man, I'm, I'm so hurt, I'm so angry, I'm carrying all this wrath. And we, we're literally in this place. We're stuck. Not able to get, every, get everything that God has for us way over here. And this is my second point. Everybody shout number two. Number two. Wrath attempts, attempts to justify our past by bringing it into our future. Wrath attempts to justify our past by bringing it into our future. Therapeutic moment in here. Have any of you, don't look at your neighbor, don't look at your spouse, don't look at anybody, just you and God right here, just you and God, have a moment. Uh, <laughs> I'll just say, do any of you know someone that literally, every time you meet up with them, they always bring up the past? There are those people that always bring up the past. I have a friend that I've known for years. That every time I would go see him, they live out of state. Every time I would go see him, they would bring up the same story year after year after year after year. The same thing over and over and over. Something that hurt. So-and-so hurt me. So-and-so did this. So-and-so did that. And then, too, they started bringing up the past, but then they started bringing new people into it. So-and-so did that. Not just so-and-so that was in the past, but so-and-so today did this. So-and-so today, they did this or that. And so we have these, these people that are around us that, that make up these stories and make up these different things. And I started to notice, I started listening. Because I like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm a listener. They always make fun of me in, in, our, in our staff meetings and stuff because I just listen and then finally Pastor Jason would be like, Pastor Andrew, you got anything to say? And I'm like, maybe next week. <laughs> but, no, but really, like, I, I, I just listen. And so I started listening to the story, this, this person that I always complain and I always talk about the same thing over and over and over, year after year after year. Finally, it's like three years into it, and I'm like, you magnified the story so much. It was like this little thing, and now you've magnified it. Why? Because you're trying to justify everything that you went through. You're trying to make it seem so big, and you're trying to get me to jump on the bandwagon with you. And finally, I said, listen, I can no longer listen to what you're complaining about. I literally said that. I said, I can no longer do this. You're trying to bring me into your hurt. You're trying to bleed on me right now in this moment. And so I, I started recognizing that, and I'm like, man, people always, wrath attempts to justify our past by bringing it into our future. We try to justify everything. Matthew 5, 21 through 25. This is all about anger and wrath. It says this. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Angry and wrath, anger and wrath, liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to fire. Verse 23. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, watch what it says here. You're offering it at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come to offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge 
and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. So gifts right here is, is represent, representation of like, like your talents, everything that, that God has given you. And so imagine me, I'm trying to say, man, Lord, use me, Lord, use me. Use my giftings. Use all these things that I have. I want to work for you. I want to do everything for you. Use, 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 use me, Lord. And he's like saying, no, 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 have you forgiven that offender? He's literally saying, I cannot accept your gift if you have unforgiveness in your heart. And you see, a lot of us in this room are walking around. We have gifts and talents that God wants us to use. But listen, he's saying, man, it stops right here. You can only go so far. You need to forgive that person that wronged you. In order to walk into everything that God has called you to walk in, we need to forgive the person that hindered us. It's saying literally, walk away. You know what? Why? It's better to leave your gift at the altar and forgive someone than try to use your gift and not forgive. It's better to leave that thing and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to work on this relationship. I'm going to do this. It's better to forgive. Wrath attempts to justify our past by bringing it into our future. Rebecca DeYoung from this book, Glittering Vices, literally, okay, if you guys want to be wrecked even more after this series, <laughs> listen, I'm all, I'm all just like burn this book sometimes. I'm like, this is oh, great, but it's awesome. But anyways, Rebecca DeYoung says in this book, she says, wrath leads us to demean our offender by magnifying our own importance and the gravity of the offense. Let me say that one more time. Wrath leads us to demean our offender by magnifying our own importance and the gravity of the offense. Wrath, our anger, sorry, must serve the cause, not the other way around. If you're holding on to something for so long and it's no longer serving the cause, that's wrath. Because it's turned into selfishness. It's all about me. It's all about justification with myself. You see, we sometimes think that venting about the person who wronged us is the point. But in fact, expressing, expressing our hurt to the wrong people is a mistake. Let me go on and say this. Don't express your hurt to people that won't challenge you. If you're expressing your hurt to people that just agree with you all the time, I would dare to say that you're not growing. If you have people all around you that are always agreeing with you, man, and they jump right in the bandwagon of your hurt and your frustration and your anger and your wrath and your bitterness and all these different things, I would dare to say that we're not growing. You should always go to people that can challenge you in that thing. Like I did my friend. It literally took me three years, but I was like, okay, this is, I know it's going to happen. I know. I was like trying to plan. I'm like, okay, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? They're like my best friend. I'm like, I got to say something because this, this could turn bad. He cannot want to be my friend anymore, all these different things. And I literally said, listen, I can no longer sit in your hurt. Because you turn this anger into wrath. You're trying to justify it within yourself. And as I was preparing for this message, I'm like, okay, Lord, like, he usually gives me like one-liners that I can like kind of just feed off of and, and just go further. And he literally said this to me. He said, we hold on to what we can't justify in ourselves. We hold on to what we can't justify in ourselves. Meaning if we can't make peace with it, then we'll hold on to it. Let me say that again. If we can't make peace with our past, then we'll literally hold on to it. We hold on to what we can't justify in ourselves. And I started thinking going deeper. I'm like, man, we always say that we want to be like God, but we don't want to do the things that God does. 
We always say we're going to be like Christ. We want to be like Christ. We're going to do these things. We're going to go, go here. But I, in my Bible, it says to forgive 70 times 7. In my Bible, it says to let go of the past. It's, it says to walk into the future over and over and over again. It says let go, walk forward. Let go, walk forward. Let go, walk forward. Why? Because we have to do this thing over and over and over. You see, a lot of us, we have a hard time distinguishing justice for self-justification. Justice and self-justification are two different things. A lot of us say, and I'm going to step on some toes here because I've experienced this. I don't preach from a place of, of perfection. I've experienced this myself. So a lot of us, we're carrying different things. We're carrying some church hurt. And we're bringing it into our present. And we're wondering why we're not receiving everything that God has for us because we're bringing something from the past into a new church. Literally, I had to face this, my, my, my own self. A few years ago, I was like, man, I, I had to face this. I was bringing hurt from the past, thinking that it was going to look like the past, not allowing everything, not allowing myself to walk into the future. Look, listen, let me tell you this. I'm telling myself again. I literally sat in this church for a whole year. I didn't serve. I didn't do anything because I was holding on to something in the past. My wife would tell you the same thing. We were literally holding, we were like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We literally would try to like anything, we would try to sniff out anything wrong about the world. Literally, we had this conversation, we are like, something's wrong, something's gonna go. Something's gonna, something's gonna go wrong. Something's gonna go wrong. We listen, we're just sitting week after week, week after week, week after, month after month, month after, and I'm meeting with Pastor Jason and he's like, yeah, it's chill, you're good, you're good. And I'm like, I'm not even serving, I'm not even doing any of these things. Why? Because I was holding on to something thinking that it was going to be the same, not allowing myself to walk into everything that God has called me to and walk into everything that he was leading me to, to go. I was literally just stuck in this moment. And finally, I remember, like, I've had a conversation with Pastor Jason. He's like, okay, it's time. Let's do it. I went from not serving to being the campus pastor. Here I am. Hey. <laughs> Full force. <laughs> but literally, that's what we do. We try, to, we try to hold on to something, and really we don't allow God to, like, get us to that place. We're stuck over here. And God's saying, we need to go over there. Justice is allowing the, allowing the past to be let go of and giving it to God, who has all of our answers. And this is something, too, that God really challenged me on. Has it, he said to me, has it ever occurred to me or us when we are hurt that we might not know the full story? Meaning, the people that hurt you, did it ever occur that we might not know the full story? Jesus knows the end from the beginning. He knows everything in between. And I started realizing that, man, like, I started literally thinking about moment after moment after moment where I would try to bring in the past to my present. Not forgiving, not letting go of these different things. And my final point is this, number three. Everybody shout number three. Wrath attempts to justify our unending agenda for self. Wrath attempts to justify our unending agenda for self. Ephesians 4, 29. Everybody doing good? You guys doing good tonight? Ephesians 4, 29-32, it says this. Don't let any unwholesome talk. Let me say that again. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for the building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all 
bitterness. I doesn't say some. Let's just, let's just go over to the screen, this lovely screen over here. For some of you guys that didn't bring your Bibles or whatever, it's right here. Look, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and what? Anger or wrath. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. It says get rid of all of it. Not some of it. And then it goes on to say this. Get rid of all of it by doing this. Verse 32. Thank you, Lord, for the word. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. I believe that we got to get a hold of this right here. And I said this in 1030 in Sandy today. And I say it a lot, but I believe it. I believe that we're walking into new territory when it comes to, the, to this church and what God is doing in Salt Lake City and many other churches. I believe that we're walking in new territory, but we can't walk into new territory without forgiving people that hurt us. We, can, we can't walk into everything that God has placed in front of us without forgiving each other. And see, this is what it is. Anger literally turns into wrath. If we keep carrying on to this thing, if we keep holding on to this thing, I'm going to have the band come up. If we keep holding on to all these things, anger literally turns into wrath. You see, wrath never allows us to get close to people. Because it will literally block your relationship the moment that the situation feels like the old. And the problem with wrath is this. When we're talking about wrath at its core, it is selfishness. Over and over, we're trying to justify. It is, it is, it is me trying to justify the people that wronged me or that hurt me. And God also told me this, wrath will literally eat away at the core of who you are, ultimately never allowing you, us, to reach our full potential. It will literally ruin you at the core, never allowing you to get to where you need to go. But how many of you guys know that we serve a faithful God? And even in the midst of this hard topic, there's these things called the fruits of the Spirit. And these are antidotes to everything that I was saying today. So I want to read this scripture out of Matthew 5, 5 through 9. It says this, blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. So I think in order for us to step out and to walk into everything that we are called to, we have to be selfless people. We have to walk in reconciliation. We have to walk in humility. We have to walk in peace. And this scripture is not going to be on the board because I got up this morning and I just added it because as I was running through, going through my message, God just spoke this, this, this scripture into my heart and it's out of Ephesians 1.7 and we're going to close with this. It says this, in him, 
We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. In him, we have redemption through his blood. And you see, a lot of us are trying to find redemption. Hear me when I say this. A lot of us are trying to find redemption in others rather than God. What does it say here? Ephesians 1, 7. In him, we have redemption through his blood. You don't have redemption with the person that offended you. Oh, come on. You don't have redemption with the, the person that, that hurt you. What you have redemption with and who you have redemption with is Jesus. You say, man, Lord, I need redemption in this moment. I need you to come into this situation. I need you to come into my anger. I need you to come into my wrath. I need you to come into my bitterness. Everything that I'm dealing with, I need you to come into it right now. In him, we have redemption through his blood. Isn't it odd that we can only have redemption through Jesus, but yet we're trying to get redemption through other people instead of getting it from the one and the only person that can give it. We're trying to walk around and get redemption here and do this, striving for this. And God's saying, look up, I'm right here. Your redemption, everything that you need is in me. Let go of the past and move forward into everything that God has for you. Let go of the anger. Let go of the wrath. Let go of the bitterness. Let go of everything and walk into the future that God has for you. Amen? Walk into everything that God has for you, never looking back. And like I said earlier, we're, we're going places. We're going to a new, new level. And I believe these messages, this series, is what's going to help us walk in everything that God has for us. And I know these messages are challenging. Look, listen, we got hope on the way. We got our Advent calendar series coming. So there's plenty of hope coming for you. We're going to be hope dealers. But right now, let's get to these, this, the root issue. The things that nobody wants to talk about, let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's get over these hubs. Let's get over these frustrations. Let's get over the sloth. Let's get over everything that we're dealing with right now and say, man, Lord, I want to walk into everything that you have for me in the future. I no longer want to be held back yeah. by everything that I was dealing with in my past. Amen? Amen. 